Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday was wow Wednesday. And we started off the morning with our girlfriend Vivian, who brought us her socially conscious segment. And, oh, boy, did Vivian have some information for us. Mm. Well, we started off hearing that Mayor Eric Adams is seeking to amend the right to shelter law. Now, I don't know about you, but I've heard about this law for the longest. Didn't have any idea what it really meant. Yeah, when I really heard what it was about, I really didn't have any idea as to what it really, really meant and how it affected New Yorkers. But the long and the short of it is the fact that mm, he wants to go back to the law that says that only New Yorkers have a right to shelter, pretty much. Now, Considering that we've got over 100,000 migrants in the New York City area, it's a little hard right now to reenact that particular law. Yeah, because that pretty much means that if you don't automatically give that right to shelter law for anyone in New York, then that means everyone else is pretty much homeless. Now, what does that mean? Boy, that don't mean nothing good for the New Yorkers. Because if you've invited a bunch of people here and they have no place to stay, then that's going to make for some angry people. And 
that's going to make for some desperate people. And last I checked, desperate and angry people were not the nicest people to be around. Nah. Because now that puts all of New Yorkers in harm's way. Yeah. Because if these people start to respond the way they can, we're in big trouble. Because first of all, we don't even know these people. We don't know anything about them. We don't know where, how many are mentally ill. We don't know how many are violent. We don't know anything other than they are homeless and they are desperate. And that would be anybody, whether you had a mental illness or not. And to think that these people are actually walking around to the streets of New York and they have no place to live, then what does that mean for the way New York looks? Because can you really tell a person that they can't lay down anywhere? Because if I have no place to live, I'm going to lay where I can. So... You know, I I know he might be a little fed up. I know he might be trying to, you know, do some things that might get the president's attention, but uh, that ain't it. That is so not it. Vivian also talked about the fact that they found a two-month-old baby abandoned and migrant baby at that. Now, we've all seen the pictures. If you look at the news, read the news, because this this picture has been showing up for a while of these parents in their desperation who've been placing their children across the border in hopes to get them a better life. Now, what they don't realize is you may want a better life for your child, but kind of throwing them to the wolves is not what you want. Now, they're not thinking they're throwing their babies to the wolves. They think that they're getting their babies some attention. They think that they're getting their babies a better life because it's got to be better than where they come from. And unfortunately, they don't realize that here in the United States, there's a war on children. And the system is flooded with children that are already abandoned by their parents, one way or another. And they are now in the hands of people who only want them for the money, who don't really care, who are mentally ill, who are drug addicts. The list goes on and on. So as we heard yesterday, up to 383 kids are coming across the border each day. Now, that there, those are some numbers that are breathtaking, honestly. Breath, 
taken because, again, once those children get over here, you have to take care of them one way or another. So we are in some serious trouble because we also don't know the health of these children. Oh boy, how do we get here? That's that's my question. How do we get to this point? How have your decision making brought us to this level where, you know, (laughs) we are carrying the weight of so many outsiders? What happens to those of us who already live on this soil, who don't have an option of moving to another country. We don't have the option to do what they're doing. Go to a border and cross that border, whether good or bad, whether we think it's better or not. We don't have that luxury. We have to make it where we are. And some might say, well, considering where these people come from, we're on the upside of life. Well, maybe we are. Well, that's dwindling because if we weren't truly on the upside of life before, then we are really not going to be on the upside of life now. Not carrying the weight of all these other countries, not carrying the health concerns, not carrying the financial weight or inability. Yeah, we're struggling one way or another. So boy, oh boy, oh boy, are we in some kind of pickle. This is why we need Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. That's how we spend our wow Wednesday. So today, today is Therapeutic Thursday, the day we talk about our health in one shape, form, or fashion. <laughs> yeah, our physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, financial health, whatever it is, we're talking about it to both in more ways than one. So, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to give you an opportunity to go get that healthy breakfast. I'm going to give you an opportunity to go tell somebody that it's due time or past the step is on. And whatever you do, make sure you go nowhere. 
because we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Charlotte Dorsey. I want to live here for the rest of my life and be as healthy and independent as I can be. That is why I'm so grateful for Yellow Healthy Aging Alliance, a nonprofit organization that brings 100 service providers together and educates the public on issues like planning ahead to meet long-term care needs, dementia, and how to be safe on our homes. I participate in the Aging Alliance Advocacy Committee that serves as the voice for older adults. We meet with elected officials to advocate for more senior services. Right now, the Alliance is playing a central role in expanding adult daycare services and supporting aging legislation. We are all aging. The Yo Healthy Aging Alliance is helping us to age well with dignity and respect. You can learn more, join our efforts, and we hope become a friend and supporter at yellowhealthyaging.org. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Seth, and it is Therapeutic Thursday. Today we talk about our health and giving God thanks that we're on this side of the week, and we're here to tell the story Thank you so much for joining us. Do you realize we're in our last moment of September? Wow. We are officially going into the final quarter of the year. Wow. I mean, crazy. Like, where has the time gone? Have you been with me all year? Boy, it's been some time of year over here on this due time, right? Well, I'm so glad to say that, you know, God has been good to me and you if we've been together all this time. God has been really good to us. So I welcome you this morning. To have a good old time with me. Now, I'm going to warn you now, I don't have any real news that I'm excited about. So, yeah, the news was filled with a bunch of what I would say really nothing. But I'm sure, I'm sure as I get to reading, something might jump out at me. Well, before we get started, let's talk about our health. Now, we talked before about the things we eat that are healthy, and they have a list of things that they say we should eat more of. You ready for that? All righty. Now, 
I have a feeling like we've talked about this before, but I don't think it was exactly this, but I think it's kind of like an overlapping. So just get your pens and paper together. You might not even know where that list is. So it's okay. We'll start all over again. These are the foods that we should be eating more of. Kiwi is number one on this list. Yeah, and it's funny. We just got finished talking about kiwi and how it can be a little difficult to eat kiwi. I've known some people to eat kiwi from the outside. Yes. Well, I've never tried that one. But I have cut a kiwi open and tried to eat it. And I got to tell you, I have not cared for this. But they say kiwi has the power to boost our immune system. It's high in vitamin C, and it is a natural anti-aging component. Yeah. They say, you know, mm, it's not that great in case for a lot of us, but it has vitamin E, which is a natural antioxidant. And they say kiwi packs a punch and is healthy for our everyday life. Daily consumption of kiwi can benefit the body in several ways, as it's high in fiber, low in calories, and full of vitamins. Okay. Number two, salmon. Now, this is on a whole lot of our list. Salmon also has an anti-aging component and its cognitive health component. They say salmon is one of the single healthiest foods we can eat. It is power-packed with omega-3 fats, it's definitely benefit, it'll definitely benefit us on a, an everyday basis. High in protein, it contributes to your glowing skin, positive brain development, and uh, you want to make this a staple in your diet, all right? Spinach is great for our immune system, packed with vitamins and minerals like vitamin E and magnesium. They say it works, they work wonders in supporting your immune system. Yep, we've heard that before. They say that it protects us from viruses and bacteria that cause disease. It defends our body against other things that can harm us, such as toxins and cell mutation. If you're planning to lose weight, they should definitely add spinach to your diet. And spinach leaves help with our weight loss because it's low in fat, oh, calories, high in fiber, 
and it keeps you full longer. Yes. So you definitely want to jump on that one. Okay. Watermelon. Rich in antioxidants. They say watermelon contains 90% water. Helps us stay hydrated. And it definitely satisfies a sweet tooth. So that helps with the candy substitute. They say high levels, high levels of antioxidants, which help eliminate free radicals from the body. They say that eating foods like watermelon that counteract the harmful effects of these free radicals will definitely keep us out the doctor's office. Okay. Walnuts. Walnuts are high in fiber and healthy fats. They say it's a great way to kick the sugar cravings throughout the day. They say walnuts help fight anxiety while promoting feeling full. Mm. They say walnuts also have healthy oils that boost your brain power, enhance cognitive function that help with our memory. Mm. Wow. They say the next time you want to go for some coffee, pick up some walnuts in bed. Wow. Okay. Fennel. F-E-N-N-E-L. Now, I've heard of this, but I have to tell you, it's something that I have not gone after. They say that it uh, it, it has a, it takes an acquired taste, but it has significant benefits. They say that it's loaded with antioxidants such as folic acid, beta carotene, and vitamin C, and known for fighting against cell aging. Wow. They say you can put it in a salad or sip on a glass of herbal fennel tea. It has detoxifying properties, and it is definitely helpful in maintaining the female hormonal balance, especially during breastfeeding. Wow. Never heard that. Something new. All right, chicken breast. Mm-hmm. They say chicken breast has a high-protein content. And probably eating chicken breast because that has now flipped to be less expensive than chicken wings. Isn't it like that? They say that chicken breast is the healthiest cut of chicken, has the highest ratio of protein to fat, and they say the skin gets a bad rap because it's fatty, but it also contains 
high collagen, which helps fight aging from the inside out while contributing to the muscle growth you get from eating a high-protein diet. Wow. Wow. So go ahead and eat that chicken breast skin. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Garlic. We're talking about the foods that you need to keep in your daily diet. Garlic. They say garlic helps to detox, detoxify the body. They say onions, shallots, leeks, and chives are also on that list as garlic is a member of that family. They say the sulfur compounds activate the detoxification of the body, preventing the formation of nitrosamine. They say that it helps with the risk of cancer. Helps fight the risk of cancer. Now, we've heard that before because we've talked about that here. On its due time, they say to prevent cancers such as esophagus, stomach, prostate, and colon cancer, eat garlic at a rate of 10 pods per week. Fresh, crushed, or cooked. Okay. Wow. Wow. Lentils. Lentils is another food that they say we should keep in our arsenal for daily consumption. They say lentils are high in fiber. It definitely helps with the decreased risk of cancer. And they say that you can get lentils for under $5. So you can eat well all week. Yeah, lentils are not expensive at all. Soybeans. Now, a lot of people are actually allergic to soy. But they say that soybeans is a staple of vegetarians and vegans because it's high in protein. Not only are they high in protein, but they are one of the few plant sources of complete protein. All right? So you want to make sure you get those soybeans. Oranges. I ate, I mean, an amazing grapefruit last night. It was so sweet. You would have thought it was an orange. Oh, my goodness. High vitamin C content. Oranges definitely have a high vitamin C content. Content, I'm sorry. Like other citrus fruits, grapefruits, lemons, tangerines, orange has an abundant source of vitamin C. They say the main molecules of citrus fruit are in our orange. They say... It blocks the growth of tumors and anti-cancer properties. Wow. 
I like that. They say they're high in natural sugars, so you can definitely replace candy with your oranges. Okay? I hope you're writing, because, you know, as soon as we get this stuff, it kind of goes away. Olive oil. They say olive oil prevents heart disease. And they say we can use olive oil on almost anything. And definitely easy to use on a daily basis. They say we can use it for cooking or dressing salads or definitely anything. Anything, anything we're cooking pretty much. They say it is definitely a staple for longevity for your health as it helps prevent heart disease, stroke, and dementia, as well as cancers of the breast, respiratory tract, and our upper digestive tract it's beneficial for. They say it also reduces the risk of osteoporosis and diabetes. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we got raspberries. Now, you know, they always talk about the, the berries are absolutely the healthiest thing for us. Get that in your arsenal on a daily basis. They say raspberries boast a powerful anti-cancer property. Their cousins also Blackberries and blueberries you want to get into your arsenal. They say that you can put it in your yogurt, your cereal, your salad, and really turn up your food. All righty. Mushrooms. Now, a lot of people are allergic to mushrooms, like soy, soybean. But they say if you're not getting into your arsenal, for daily consumption, they say that mushrooms are really an interesting food because they help fight against diabetes and cancer. But it's something about the fungus that's actually very healthy. So it's not like one of those funguses being manifest. Yeah. So that's why mushrooms don't really get a lot of attention that it should. But they say it's a high source of fiber. And you definitely want to keep that in your daily system. Flaxseed. They say flaxseed helps because they have cancer-fighting compounds and helps with weight loss. They say flaxseed is full of omega-3s and proteins, as well as various nutrients that our bodies need. They say that it helps to lower bad cholesterol, helps with digestion, 
You can put it in your cereal. You can put it in your yogurt. You can put it in your baked goods. And it is definitely great with promoting weight loss. Whole grains. Yes. Whole grains are definitely good for us. Go grab it in your breads and your pastas. And actually, like whole grain pasta is not bad at all. It just doesn't look good, but it's actually very tasty. They say it's definitely better than using things that are made of white flour. So you want to definitely get that into your system. They say they have complex carbohydrates, which means it helps keep you fuller longer, and they will not spike your blood sugar, but definitely curve your appetite. And for those of us who are concerned about our weight loss, they say you want to definitely grab whole grains. Ginger. We want to keep ginger in our arsenal also for daily consumption. They say ginger is definitely therapeutic. They say it helps when you're sick from nausea and it helps with your the digestion. Soothes a sore throat. And it drastically alleviates pain caused by osteoarthritis. And you definitely want to get that into your system as it has anti-inflammatory and antioxidant function. Okay? So we definitely want to keep those foods. They are saying we need to have in our daily, daily regimen. Okay? So... Hmm. Make sure you go shopping and include those things. We want you to be around. We want to be around. Several of those things I actually have and I actually keep. And we, at least I do, keep it in my foods or my, um, what do you call it, my smoothies or my, I can't think of it. I drink it in first thing in the morning, but it definitely contains ginger, spinach, quite a few of those things that's on that list. So let's make sure we stay healthy. God has given us some natural things that are going to keep us healthy, and we want to follow that. You know, we don't want to take medicines and things like that. All right? All right. Well, what are we talking about today? Did you all see the news of this little three-year-old girl? Now, I mean, talk about careless. There's this guy who was watching football on his laptop. And somehow or another or some reason or another, 
he had the gun out. And it was sitting on like a couch or a day bed, it looks like. And he got up to, like, cheer for the game he was looking at. Forgot all about the gun on the bed or the couch. And the little girl jumps on the bed, reaches for the couch. Now... She, it looks like she she was eyeing this gun when she ran to the couch. I watched the video a few times, and to me, to me, it looks like she was targeting this gun because she went right for it. She jumped up on the bed. She went right for it, and as she got ready to pick it up, it went off. So she touched because she touched the trigger, and thank God. It wasn't fatal. It took her finger off, though. And, yeah, so it went right through her finger. And he then picked her up and rushed her to the emergency room. But I tell you, you know, they have him on charges of, like, reckless endangerment, and some other charges. But, I mean, when you talk about negligence, I mean negligence. It shows him he gets up off the couch. It is a couch. He gets up off the couch and leaves it there, and she just gets right up and goes for it. So that means that she had to have seen it prior to him getting up to cheer and she went directly for it. And when I tell you, this could have been so much worse. Oh, people, people, people. You don't have to do better than this. You really have to do better than this. The carelessness, the carelessness is just is really not making a whole lot of sense here. Why would you have the gun out in the first place? You're sitting there with a child in the room could have been other children in the room. You sitting on the couch, and the gun is just sitting there on the couch with you? Yo, that's crazy. Well, <laughs> we have another story here out in Queens. You have these people in the backyard having a little party. They say it was about 9.30 or so. And a neighbor knocks on the door and asks them to keep it down. Now, I guess they figured it was early enough, so they didn't bother to turn the music down. (laughs) And they started feeling trickles of water. They couldn't figure out where it came from. They started feeling more and more water. And when they knew anything, I don't know if this is the same house the neighbor came from, but all all they know is a hose, a water hose of water. The person turned on the water hose and started watering them down with the water hose. Now, 
unfortunately, the partygoers and the host was on our side of the fence. And the hose owner was on the other side of the fence, which actually allowed them to file a lawsuit because they said it was reminiscent of the 1960s Birmingham, Alabama incidences where the white cops would use fire hoses to break up the black civil rights activists. So they're going for a racist claim. And because it's a black and white thing, they just might win. They didn't say whether they have, you know, had other incidences with the neighbor, but I can't imagine them not. You know, I, I can't imagine this is your first time and you just go buck wild like that. Start spraying people. So they said they had some big weeks at this gathering. So they were a little embarrassed as well. So they going for uh they going for the Monday. Yes, they are. I mean, would you? Would you go for the money? I don't know. I don't know. Well, like I said, I have a whole bunch of, like, little stories. Maybe the D-Time crew will have something interesting to talk about. But I do have some interesting stuff to talk about. I just don't feel it this morning. Well, let's keep talking. Maybe something will jump out at us. So, you've got this British Airways pilot. You know, people are just stupid. So, he has a friend who is a worker on the airplane with him. So, he brags to the friend that prior, excuse me, to getting on the flight. Now, this is going to be a 12-hour flight from Johannesburg to London. So he's a pilot, and he tells one of the workers that earlier before the flight, he was using drugs, cocaine to be more specific, and how he had been partying with some woman, he had been snorting cocaine off of her breast hours before he was due to fly. Oh, boy. And he put this in a lengthy text message. Now, I'm sorry. I still can't figure out why these people decide to put these things in right. But thank God he did because the crew friend ratted him out. 
So right before the flight, they tested him, and it came back positive. So they fired him right away. Now they said that they had to delay it, delay the flight till the next day, and they were able to get um, another co-pilot because that's who he was. Oh, no. He was a pilot. Oh, I'm sorry. This is something about a co-pilot. I got that a little mixed up. He was a pilot. Now, check this out. They say that this killer, Airbus A380, is a double-decker jet that can carry up to 469 passengers. This is who you put at risk. You are high on cocaine. And you're getting ready to fly a double-decker jet plane with up to 469 people. I tell you, I don't understand why you put your job at risk and people's lives at risk by doing this. But thank God he was high enough to brag about what he had done. He told this long story, it said. It said he bragged about how the group he was with polished off a bottle of vodka. The girls were dancing topless. And how he had decided to strip off to, oh, my gosh, he said that the other men produced a few lines of cocaine, and that's how he ended up snorting coke off a girl's tits in Joburg. That's what he put in the text. Thank God he wrote that one out because that probably saved how many lives. You're talking about 11 hours, 11, 12-hour flight. How many times would he have had to go sniff some coke to keep him together, if you will? How many, how many times? And we're, in, we're at the mercy of these people, y'all. We're at the mercy of these people when we get on these aircrafts, when we get behind, you know, when we get on these trains, when we get on these buses. We're at their mercy. Thank God. Thank God. Well, we're always talking about the migrants and how the veterans are suffering and the migrants are making, you know, making off well. Well, there's a 95-year-old veteran who was kicked out of a nursing home because they were ma- they're making the nursing home into migrant housing. Yeah, now you know this is bad 
when they're closing down nursing homes and assisted living homes to accommodate this situation. So they say that this 95-year-old Korean War veteran says he was given less than two months' notice to figure out where he was going to live after the nursing home he resided in was sold to become a facility for undocumented migrants. Here in New York. Here in New York. He said that he looked up one day and there was a notice on the board. He said it was about a month and a half to figure out where they were going. He said he thought his suitcases were going to be out on the curb. He said it was just that fast. He said they, that's all the notice that they got. Now, we we did a story about, I think, up in Yonkers where there were some homeless people who were renting out hotel rooms. And they were booted, remember, when they went down to pay for the day. They were told that they, their rooms were no longer available. So they couldn't even pay for that particular room. Because the migrants for. What kind of mess? I mean, and I said this earlier. What? How did it get here? How did it get so bad that you're literally putting people out? putting people out of their homes. Oh, boy. We need Jesus for sure. We really need the Lord. When we can't even rely on, you know, this man is 95 years old. Can you imagine you're already 95 years old and now you're trying to find a place to live, and you thought you had a place to live? Now, you're just about dead, and now you got to try to find a place to live? Mm-mm-mm. Okay. I, took out a whole, I got a whole lot of stories. So I guess the juice kept time quicker to figure out which one they want to talk about. Well, I'm going to add it again. So there was a woman. Five years old, who they say was in good health, when she went into the Adena Health System for a routine heart catheterization. And are you ready for this? <laughs> they say that she died. During the routine surgery, but they put her in the bed, propped her up to appear alive 
and all the while she was dead, brought the family in and told them that they suggested and urged the family to take her off life support. What? Lord have mercy. I think we need to name this episode, This is Why We Need Jesus. Yes. So let's do this. Let's say this again. She's 65. She goes in for a routine heart catheterization. She dies during surgery. Instead of them telling the family that they lost the life during surgery, they prop her up in the bed and then tell the family she's in this grave condition and they urge them to take her off of life support. Oh, my God. The woman was already dead. Now, here's where they messed up. Because the medical records indicate that she died at 1 o'clock. But the death certificate said she died at 3.05. And that's... Now, I don't know how they got a, a chance to look at her medical records, but that's how the discrepancy ended up showing up. So here's why they lied and said that the woman was alive. They wouldn't tell that she died during surgery because this Dr. Betts has performed, they say, at least three transcatheter aortic valve replacement procedures despite qualified to perform specialized operations. And they said that he allegedly cut into an artery during the procedure, and he thought he had gotten the situation under control, but she was still bleeding later in ICU. So they called this cardiologist, Dr. Rehan to take over and, you know, do some care on her, and she later died. So they're saying at least 31 people have come forward accusing this Dr. Betts of faking his credentials. So now they have this independent autopsy that the family has requested and, and they're going to, you know, take care of. But my thing is, where these 31 people come from? How come up to 31 people can say that your credentials are fake? How come up to 31 people can say that your credentials are fake, but you're still walking around the hospital? Yeah. At what point, 31 people start talking about this incident and then 31 people came forward we started talking a long time ago and y'all have been ignoring 
what the people have been saying. I tell you. Let's talk to the good time crew. Oh, good morning, Tamika. Ah, uh, good morning, Pastor Seth. <laughs> How are you this morning? <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, I have to apologize to you all. I have a terrible backache, so I have no energy. It seems like it's sad. I know I'm talking a little slowly today, but I feel like I'm, like, sinking in this chair. I can't get a comfortable position. But, girl, these new stories are giving me new life. How are you? I am doing well, but my goodness, these stories, they just, oh, they just keep going and going. I, I got one good topic for all of them whenever we're ready. Good, good, good. We'll be there soon. We will be there soon, so hold on to that. So let me ask you. So you have this, this group of people who's having a gathering in their backyard on outside of the fence. You have somebody who comes to the door and asks, when your neighbor says, hey, you know, can you turn the music down, blah, blah, blah. So I guess they don't turn the music down or they don't turn it down fast enough. And they found trickles of water on their head. <laughs> and the trickles of water soon turn to a full-fledged, Hold down, and now they are taking the neighbor from the other side of the fence to court because they said this reminds them of back in the 60s when the white police officers used to hold down the black activists. Would you take this to court? Honestly, you know, I, I, I appreciate this moment because a lot of times we don't take it to court, you know, and what ends up happening is, you know, there's this feud for years, you know, uh, somebody knocks somebody's tree down, and then after a while somebody's got a barking dog, somebody kills somebody else's dog, and it's just a, a, a battle back and forth. You know, when you start hitting people in the pocket, then they realize, okay, you know what, we're not playing. You know, it's not a, it, we're not, you're not putting a hold in our house this day and then we start, you know, poisoning your trees and your flowers the next day. We're taking it to court. We're going to have a paper trail. You know, we're going to hit you in the pocket. And, and I actually applaud them for actually taking the motion and, okay, you know what? We're not going to go, we're not going to do this back and forth year after year after year. We're taking you to court. All righty. All righty. All right, we're going to jump to this last story of the doctor. Everyone, people are now saying he got fake credentials. And they prop the woman up who died in, in during surgery. Tells her family and urges her family to take her off life support. But the woman's already dead, Tamika. And can you imagine being told, making the hardest decision of your life? I remember when the day before 
my mother passed away, they called us and they, they asked us, you know, did we want to, they didn't ask us directly if we wanted to take her off, but they asked us if she should go, was there like a DNR? So my sister and I talked and we, we said, you know, hey, you know, if something should happen, go ahead and revive her. Then they asked us to describe my mother. So I described my mother, and they said that, listen, if you should decide to revive her, this is going to be her state. So we spoke and we opted, you know what, then let her go, because she would not want to be like that. And that's what they said, you know, based on who we described to me, they were like, we don't think that, you know, she would want to live like that. And I say all of that because this is a conversation that the medical team has with you when your family is at this point. So they bring this family into the room, Tamiko, and they pull them into a side space or whatever, and they have this conversation with the family. You know, needless to say, the two questions that they ask me and my sister, these were hard questions to answer. You know, you don't want to tell them to resuscitate your mother or your father. You don't want to tell them, well, you know, based on what you said, then go ahead and let her go. You don't want to have to make these decisions. But they pull them into this conversation, and they urge them to make this decision. You need to take her off life support because she's not going to, you know, do well, and she's going to be a vegetable and blah, blah, blah. And the woman is already dead. So you put these people through the trauma of making this decision. The woman is already dead because you don't want to reveal that you cut the aorta or whatever they said. He did. He cut something. Still bleeding when he thought. To an artery, I'm sorry, cut into an artery during the procedure and thought that he had gotten the situation under control, but later found out that she was bleeding in the ICU and another doctor had to come in and try to help, but she died anyway. Can you imagine? He needs to go to jail for 100 years just for that move right there. I don't know. What, what goes on in your head? Yeah, I, I, you know, anybody that has ever had to go through that conversation, you know, I myself had to go through it twice with both parents. And um, you're right, that conversation is, is very difficult, you know, and the more children you have or the more family members that are involved, it, it gets even more complicated because, you know, then there's the back and forth of, you know, well, you let her die. And then, they, you know, there's all kinds of conversations that go on and families may or may not disagree. You know, most of the time it's, it's more disagreeing and, and, and then finally coming to a consensus. Um, but that's traumatizing. And then my thing is you could have just saved us all of that by telling us that she passed away in surgery. We know that in any surgery, there's not always the probability that the person is going to live, even with your routine surgeries, anything could happen, you know, right, and to right. save yourself you would rather lie, you know. Um, and obviously, I, I honestly think that what happened was there was somebody 
um, in that family that was either medically inclined or that was having so much of a conversation with the doctor or a nurse that they said, listen, your relative already passed away. She had passed away in, in, the, in, in, in the midst of surgery. So, you know, and, and my heart goes out to each and, each and every one of those individuals that was affected to find out that we're, here, we're sitting here trying to make a decision and she's already dead. You know, how dare you? Right. How dare you? I mean, you know, what yeah. happens to HIPAA yeah. and what happens to being truthful and honest, you know, and, and just say, I messed up or, you know, uh, something happened in surgery, an accident happened. You don't have to necessarily say I messed up, but, you know, she didn't, so for whatever reason, she didn't survive. You know, I've heard that story. You know, I've heard doctors say that, you know, and then there's an autopsy afterwards. But to sit there and lie, you know, that, that, you know, and, and all to save yourself. You want to keep doing, you're not even certified to do what you're, you're supposed to be doing. You know, what, what is this, this foolishness? Like, go ahead and get your accreditation or whatever it is that you need so that you can perform it correctly. That's almost as bad as the woman that decided to do the, what did she do, a tummy tuck by herself? Like, I, I'm just not understanding yeah. these people. You know, oh, well, this is what I need, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it myself. I'm not getting it, Pastor Steph. I'm not getting it. Uh, you ain't alone. You're not alone. And it wasn't until I came back around to this story that I it was just the insensitivity to think that someone would prop Lord have mercy. You prop the woman up like she Oh my gosh. It's like what won't you do to save yourself, like you said? This this is sick. This is truly And you truly, think about that sick. The body, when it when everything leaves the body, the body does something different. So you got to do some work to make that body yes! look like the individual is still breathing and moving and functioning. Yes! You know, and somebody in there might have been, wait a minute, I don't see her chest rise. You know, I, it, I'm, I'm very observant, you know, I, and, and I had, it had to be somebody in there. Wait a minute, you know, uh, and probably question the doctor or nurse. She don't normally lay with her head that way, you know, in, any type of thing that, they had to bring some attention to this whole. This, this here, it, I just we this, this this world is getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We are coming back to get your conversation. Let's chat with Pastor Kale. See what he's got to say about this thing here. Pastor KL, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, ladies. How are you? Well, thank you. I am well. I am well. well. I am well. Thank you. How are you? You doing good over there? Yeah, you know, I'm eating my morning chicken. I'm doing well. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious my stomach could still not handle it every time you say that I'm like how does your stomach handle chicken in the morning I would be so messed every morning. up I'd be so messed up I know <laughs> my stomach would be so tore off oh my goodness gracious so while you're chomping on your chicken I'm going to give you the story about the British Airways pilot who has a buddy who is a crew member. Now, they're getting ready to take this flight from Johannesburg to London, and it is going to be a 
Oh, sorry, an eleven. I was right all the time. An eleven-hour flight. So he gets to chatting via text. He's a crew member. And I have been a very naughty boy. I was downtown before this flight, and I ran into some friends. And we polished off a bottle of vodka. We had some girls who were dancing topless. And I decided to strip off too. He said, that's how I ended up snorting a coke off a girl's tits in Joburg. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> he puts all of this in a text message to the crew member. The crew member rats him out. About to This is a double decker jet that carries up to four hundred and sixty nine people into the air for eleven hours. Coked up positive, and they fire him on the spot. Wow. What say you? Well, with friends like that, you don't need enemies, do you? That's kind of of crazy. Um, I wouldn't wouldn't have texted that, first of all. You know, a a lot Mm. of times people don't. People don't realize that when you text and when you email and when you do all that stuff, that's called a paper trail. You know, so you after a while, well, after the, the situation, you can't deny it. So it, it puts you in a position where someone else has of authority has to do something because you can't deny it. You know, um, you thought you were just talking to your buddy and you thought it was a ha-ha, he-he, but it wasn't. You know, because at some point he saw it as a dangerous situation. You know, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in agreement because, you know, bottom line is you do something crazy and you put my life in jeopardy too. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You got you to gotta go. You got to you know, go. <laughs> yeah, this, this was stupid. And that's one of the things I said. I was like, and you wrote this out. You didn't even tell him where you could repeat this information. I was watching a show last night, just last night, right before I pulled up the news, and there was a guy who he's in a relationship with this woman, and he has been daydreaming about another chick who he had a one-night stand with. So he decides to text the one-night stand and tell her, you know, hey, um, I'm so sorry, no, I'm not sorry. Uh, you know what? I've, I'm done daydreaming over you pretty much. And, you know, it, it was just a one-night stand. I'm over it. Let's call it even, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at the screen and going, and you text this, stupid. Now, they're in the same room when he texts this. She's talking to the new guy she's mm. dealing with. And and, and he, I'm like, why would you text that? What a dope. You could have just pulled the <laughs> keep it to yourself. Right. Later on, he goes over to her and he says to her, Pastor KL, well, don't act like 
you didn't get the text message? And she was like, what text message? <laughs> he said, I text you. You're going to act like you didn't see this text? You know, I, I'm kind of pouring my heart out. You're going to ignore me like that. He said, I didn't get no text message. So he pulls out his phone and he says, I texted. Here it is right here. And when he looks closer, he had texted the girlfriend, his parent woman. <laughs> and I was like, see, that's because you're stupid. Why would you put something like that in writing? At least if it was said, you could have said it, walked off. So I wanted to tell you that story because that's what I thought about. The same thing you said. You got a paper trail, you dope. You want to put right, that you right, can party right. in and, and sli- sniffing a line of Coke or doing Coke and, and partying. You didn't drink all this alcohol, this vodka. You're going to put that in writing? You're about to take this plane up in the air? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, Pastor KL, I guess we could say we are glad that he did text that because now they were able to find him and get him out of there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what about the story you just heard with the woman who they propped up in the bed to make it appear as though she was alive but on life support? What do you think about that story? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is, where's the integrity? You know, the the, the integrity mm-hmm. has already played out. You know, so so I wouldn't want you to perform anything on anybody ever again. Your 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 license should be totally gone because you've already. I can't trust you. You know, as as, mm-hmm. as a medical person. You know, a lot of times, like with me, unless my, my wife went with me to the doctor, I, I didn't understand that 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 um that that conversation. You know what I mean? So my, my wife was a translator. But a lot of times we don't understand and we take face value that they're the doctor and they know what they're saying and they know what they're doing. But if I can't trust you, you know what I mean, I, I'm already afraid because I don't know this language. And, and and now you can't mm-hmm. interpretate the language to me correctly, and you're lying to me. You know, this is why men, 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 I'm just going to say men, don't go to the doctor. You know, because one, we, 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 feel, we feel a little uh, intimidated because we're strong and we know so much, but we don't know, you know, this language. So we stay away because we don't want, we don't want to hear the crazy stuff that we can't interpret it. You know, they say, hey, I think you got this, and we think we died. And and we really ain't dying. We just don't know that word. You know, so, yeah, we, we don't take those chances. And now this furthers your your your, your uh, skepticism of going to the doctor. You propping people up, you know, like, like, like they're already sitting there watching TV, and you dead. No, I, I, I can't see him. And, and then a lot of times... Mm-hmm. The doctors is foreigners, so I really don't understand mm-hmm. their language because they're not speaking mm-hmm. English. English, you know what I mean? And they can be telling me I got a cold, but it sounds like I got something that I'm about to die. So no, I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, this this is this is some extreme stuff here, Pastor Kale. Some extreme stuff, and it does make. Skeptical people even more skeptical about trusting 
medical professionals because you don't want to run into this. And, you know, this is a, another area where this could be life-threatening. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to chat with Shantish for a minute before we uh, talk about what Tamika has to talk about today. Good morning, Shantish. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How's everybody this morning? Well, thank you. My- well, thank you. Good chicken. Wow. <laughs> Let's talk about this 95-year-old Korean War veteran who's already in a nursing home who looks up and gets a notice that he's, he has to leave and find someplace else to live excuse me, in about a month and a half because they have now sold the nursing home to a place. I'm trying to get this terminology together. They're selling it to a place where they're going to now have a facility for undocumented migrants. Hmm. They just want everyone's anger and and rest. Where is a ninety-five year old person supposed to go? Do you even have the? So they supposed to go apartment hunting at ninety-five, or or or, or nurse home hunting? Like how how does that how does that even work? I like used go. From from how so where where are they supposed to stay until he gets um, a new place to live? While you're now worried about those who here we go those who are not from here don't belong here, and you're now kicking people out. <laughs> Once you heard the person's age, that should have just derailed whatever fake plans you already had. What is he so, like? I, I don't I don't understand the the concept behind it. So you kick me out whether I have somewhere to go or not. Where do I stay until I find somewhere? What kinds of real resources and energy do I have at ninety five years old? I'm thinking my next destination is in somebody's cemetery. No, now I gotta find an apartment or a new nursing home to stay at and who's to say I'll find this nursing home and I'll get kicked out of here because you're about to sell this place too. Mm. Mm. Something to think about, like you said, and not only that, but I didn't survive the Korean War. <laughs> right. But I can't survive this 95-year-old stint that I need just a place to lay my head. And now yeah. you're taking advantage of me because I'm 95. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 Wow. All right. You got the choice. Either you can do the, the hospital where the people propped up the lady, or you can do the pilot who was coked up 
and planned on taking the double-decker plane in the air for 11 hours. Which one you want to talk about? We can talk about Scarface. I I don't... Un, you, you have to have known at some point... Well, no, I can't even say that because you're getting high. You're not... You're, you're assuming you're invincible. That, you know, I've I've witnessed... I've, <laughs> I've witnessed the before and after the cocaine intake of someone at work. And it could literally be they're moving at like let's say 25 miles per hour to now 0.2 miles per hour. They look like they skating through the restaurant. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Enrique high. Mm, look at Enrique. Yeah, he high. He high. He went from he went from walking throughout the restaurant with with three plates in his hands, and now he got eight plates in his hands, and he didn't went he didn't went back and instead of wrapping instead of wrapping two leftover plates no no instead of wrapping four leftover plates in a matter of ten minutes he didn't wrap about fifteen leftover plates in a matter of eight seconds. He already over in your section because he's already there. like I watched the transition and it is scary and we were we, we were grounded we were walking on the floor I can't even imagine being the the co-pilot and watching you you know calmly press the button and calmly pull up the lever to have the plane go up to so now you're just pressing all the buttons quick and you're looking and and whatever, I don't know, you know, if they got sizey, nervous, rigid, I don't know how it works up there. But it, I can't even imagine being a co-pilot. And we in the air. And you, as they say in the streets now, you start tweaking and you just start moving all fast. That That is scary for someone to watch in the air. Yeah, as as dumb as it was for, for you to um, text. Thank God you were careless enough to text, like you said, Pastor Steph, because now there's evidence that cannot be thrown out because it's not he say, she say. If you can read, it's here. That this is what he's doing. Mm. Wow. Not just, you know, again, it's scary enough you're doing this and you're driving a car that's, you know, grounded. You're not in the air with all over 500 people. And that's only the the passengers. You're not talking about the stewardess. How many stewardess are on each flight? Well, at least four. You know that that's mm-hmm. that's. Uh, they keep thinking these drugs yeah. help them. They keep thinking these drugs help them. They don't help you. They help you look crazy, but they don't help in your in your performance, and you don't. You know, you keep taking it for granted. You don't know when your body would crash or any that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thank God, thank God. I don't you know, yeah. pray that that co-pilot doesn't have any level of trauma because that's a scary transition to witness. Well, thank God it was grounded. It was delayed until the next day when they could get another pilot, and I'm sure there are not a whole lot of pilots that can you know that can fly. 
these double-decker planes. That's probably why it was. And not only that, you're talking about an 11-hour flight, which you would have to make sure that whoever you're calling would be rested properly mm-hmm. to an 11-hour mm-hmm. flight. So thank God they were also smart enough to just wait to wait till the next day because, I mean, the, the, the chances people take is just, Amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Tamika, what you got for us, girl? Talking about the same topic, right? With this plane, right? (laughs) So, did anybody see the movie Soul Plane? (laughs) And what happened to the pilot? Like, you know, you just going to decide... I think the, the whole this whole thing people have no value for life in general i don't have value for the mm-hmm. passengers here's the sad thing about it i don't even have value for my own life you know i think it's fun mm-hmm. and here's the other thing that we're not thinking about this is not his first time doing it he's done it before but right. this particular time right. he decided to verbalize it and tell somebody it was so good mm-hmm. to you this particular time that you decided to sell it. Now, we don't have any idea what's going to happen to you 11 hours. We're not talking about a few minutes, you know, uh, one of those, you know, really commuter flights from one part of the same state to the next part of the same state. You're talking about 11 hours. We have absolutely no mm-hmm. idea what's going to happen between yeah. this point and that point. You start seeing people walking on the clouds because you are high. Mm, You're not only uh, smoked uh, up, uh, you uh, drunk. And there's all uh, kinds of hallucinations uh, that you could have had. You uh, decide to put the plane on extra speed because you try to uh, get away from something that you're hallucinating about. Eleven hours for your brain to do all kinds of chaos and you've got four hundred some odd people's lives in your hands. I don't blame the person mm. for actually telling you, and you need to lose your job. Because mm. nine times out of ten, how many other times have you fallen asleep because the drug is now mm. the, the drug does all kinds of stuff to your body. And just because you push the button autopilot, at that point, we're talking about it, you're, you're leaving the lives of other individuals, their hands in, in autopilot. Autopilot may, you know, mm. have certain things, but there might be something that a person can see that autopilot can't and so for 11 hours i think of all the many times that flights have been canceled and i can't seem to understand why you know there was no weather conditions we need to really be cautious especially those people who travel you know on that type of technology you don't drive you know so you're riding a bus you're riding a train you're riding a plane you know I remember an individual that I know that used to ride buses that actually had the nerve to verbalize to me, you know, sometimes I drive and I'm tired. And there's been a couple of times that I've gotten from point A to point B and I was sleep the whole way. What? You know, so we're talking about just an everyday normal occurrence. I'm like, how do you say to me that you drove, you went from point A, let's just say you went from New York to North Carolina, and the whole entire time you were asleep, unbelievable. You know, and, and these are the things we, we're just talking about every day. Now you're talking about you're putting an intoxicant in your body, a drug, liquor, you know, all kinds, and then sex and all kinds of, you know, you're reliving whatever could be going through your body for 11 hours. No, 
you need to lose your job, and I, I applaud the individual for ratting you out. And you're such a genius to put it on uh, um, technology, you know. So now you've got a paper trail. It's not that you just whispered it in my ear and nobody can validate it. You actually have the nerve to text it. Genius. Well done. Well done. Mm-hmm. You know what, Pastor Steph? You know what, Pastor Steph? Listen yeah. to you. I guess I, I guess I missed it because I didn't realize he was a co-pilot. I figured he's a stewardess. No, 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 He's a pilot. Yeah, but 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 listen. All in uh, all in my mind, I'm thinking he going through there. Hey, bro, who need a Pepsi? And Pepsi's are flying over the over the seats. Hey, you need some peanuts to go with the peanuts are flying over the seats. You know, I, I'm just thinking he's losing his mind that way. Wow. But, but he the pilot. No. Oh no. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, Ro- yeah. Romeo must die. Romeo must die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're at the point where he shouldn't have a job at all. To put to take a chance like that, you should be banned from work. You shouldn't even be able to sweep a floor. It's, and I know it sounds extreme, but it, you know what? If you're just that careless, you you just don't care about anything. At the ele- that's what I said. My thought was eleven hours. How? What? What was going to happen when the when the drugs and the alcohol wore off? Man, they were they were on flight fifty fifty. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> you would have to keep going and getting coked up in order to keep that yep. eleven hour. Ride off that what you got hot and hours before the flight that wasn't gonna hold you for no 11 hours well I, I don't know about see okay so i work retail and i and i and i work long hours and i drink one kickstart and i don't know if y'all know what kickstart is it's almost like a red bull but i i drink one kickstart a day mm-hmm. when that kickstart comes down you crash I mean, you crash right. bad. You so you 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 better be at a That's place you where you can sit out or lay down, cause you're not driving once 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 it comes off you. And that's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, okay, so you coked up and drunk, and now when this stuff wears off, what happens to you? You behind you 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 you, you flying on a plane. What happens? Yeah. Exactly what I imagine. Get some kind of crash landing, which means you'd have to go get high all over again. You got to do some more lines to keep you going for them eleven hours. There's no way in the world. What are you gonna do? Look over at the cold pilot and say, "Yeah, yo, I need a nap." What is that? And you can't always no. you, you can't always um, rely on. I don't know about the drugs part, amen. But with the alcohol. You can't always rely on the alcohol to be your pick me up. You know, if you you drinking and now your body crashed, a lot of times you have to like really sleep, then have that period of time where you're awake, sober, and then unless unless you're a true, 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 true alcoholic, unless you're a true <laughs> alcoholic. <laughs> You cannot rely on the alcohol 
to now get your adrenaline right back up. There has to be that serious, even after sleeping it off, there has to be at least a little time before you can even drink again unless your body is 100% dependent on the alcohol. Then you have to drink or now, like heroin, you start to go through withdrawals and immediately get sick if you don't drink. So unless you find this plane with a fist next to you, you in trouble if you're a true alcoholic. Mm. It's like you have you have to like mm-hmm. literally have it next to you. So you can't always even rely on that to be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going through it. Let me just take this shot or take this drink. And, nah, that ain't working. Mm. You know, I think about how many times we've been at the hands, you know, of in the mercy of these people. Just like Tamika said, you know, out of the clear blue sky, because they didn't tell the people, you know, well, there's a delay. We're sorry. We're not going to be able to get your flight again until tomorrow. They didn't tell the people that. So now all of a sudden, you can't, you know, you're there at the airport, you're checked in, and now you can't, now you got to go back home or stay in the airport to look there, whatever the situation is. But they don't tell you. So can you imagine how many people have slipped through the radar or got flown under the radar and they've actually been flying these planes and they've been all drugged up or uh, uh, drunk or oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Scary. Very, very, very scary. And I tell you, mm-hmm. we really don't have any other choice when we're traveling but to be at the mercy, you know, of the uh, of these pilots, you know, when we're flying. And, you know, when we go in, you know, you always try to make eye contact. You know, hello, how are you? Thanks for a safe trip. Blah, blah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord, you the prayers need to go up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever been in a plane and some wacky stuff has gone on, Pastor KL? Not really. I mean, the most wacky stuff, um, the last time I was on a plane, I had a dog in the next seat. Now, I mean, I, I don't understand how the dog gets a seat. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, I think these people take it a little too far with family members. You know, when, when you can afford a seat for a dog, we don't got too far. You know, you need to go on first class or something. I'm trying to eat my penis. He want to eat my penis. I mean, we not sharing with the dog. You know, and the dog was not in a crate or a kennel. The dog was in the seat. So it was, you know, they got the three wow. passenger seats. So it, it's it's the woman right. at the window, the dog in the middle, and I'm at the end. Like, like we're a family. We're not a family. You know what I mean? We, we don't even know each other. Why do I have to be subjected? I pay good money. Why I got to be subjected to to Benji? You know, I I don't understand. Mm. Mm. I you know the the day I walked through the terminal, and I saw a sign that said something about like like a pet bathroom, and I'm like, well, maybe my glasses aren't. 
pet back. I didn't even know that you could bring a pet on the airplane. I, I had no idea. And I'm looking and I'm saying, what is that? Amazing. Amazing. Hmm. And they actually fly with you. You know, years ago, they used to put them underneath the plane and, the, you know, and the, right. the, the, the little um, things. No, they're, they're right beside you. And I'm saying, what happens to the people who are allergic or who really have a valid fear? It's like, it don't even matter. It's like, so, so too bad for you. Wow, in a year. The things have definitely changed, you know, whether it's in the front of the plane, in the back of the plane. Uh, Lady Tamika, have you had any craziness go on while you were in the plane or on the plane? Actually, I had an incident on a bus. Um, people in the back were actually having sex. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Um, and the bus well, driver had going? to literally pull up. I was going down to North Carolina from New York. So, of course, that's a long travel, you know. And people in the, you know, I normally sit to the front. So, I didn't really know what was going on until the bus driver actually verbalized. She was like, I can't even drive the bus. I got to hold these two people down. They were literally in the back, just rocking and reeling as the bus was moving, getting their groove on and, and disturbing, you know, people in the, the ladder back, you know, end of the, the bus, you know, and as you went towards the back of the bus, anybody that knows what, you know, that type of smell is, you can smell it. So I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So that's wow. what happened on the bus. You know, the wheels on the bus do more than go round and round. <laughs> wow, wow. 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 Dirty. You know, where 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 is your I don't know. I don't even know the word to use. I I don't even know the word to use. But where is your pride, you know? Where is your no sense of privacy or whatever. You know, you, I'm going to say mm-hmm. something. People who use drugs do stuff like that. They're only the ones who use drugs. I'm just saying people who use drugs do stuff like that. Like, they'll bust out and have sex in your place. It doesn't even matter because they are, that adrenaline is flowing. I, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. This, these people are sick, 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 sick. Shanti, have you had any experiences? That you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna rethink this travel thing. I was very, very, very traumatized. I think it was, it wasn't the last time. The time before the last time I got on the airplane, airplane is packed. My parents booked our flight, and I know she <laughs> put, the, I know she put the seats together, but they split us up and tried to Rosa Parks us. <laughs> And I ended up sitting <laughs> next to, like, I think it was a three-seater. So already I was ready to turn up on that plane. But I was like, you know what? I'm representing you, Jesus, and I know you're about to make me famous, so I can't be on nobody's shady room right now. So I just sat down. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I'm a public figure out here in these streets now. But I just sat down. <laughs> And everybody got their masks on, and it was more than enough of us. It was three of us, 
So we could have sat together and not had to wear a mask, but because the shots of old parks me, I had to wear a mask. And a pilot came <laughs> and sat next to me with his uniform on and had to cough. And he had his mask on. <laughs> but instead of coughing in his mask, he pulled the mask down and coughed in his hand. <laughs> and I was, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. No, 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 no. And I just glanced and looked at my my parents, and my parent was like, come sit over here, because somehow it, it was Jesus. There was a, an empty seat next to my parent, and I just flew across that pilot. Don't touch me, Mr. Sir. Don't move. Don't put your arms up for me to go past you. Just sit still. I'll step over you. And I was just traumatized. For about a good 20, 25 minutes after, because it's like you have a mask on. Why are we pulling the mask down to cough? It's beyond me. So everyone else has to be subjected to your cough outside of you. But it, it was it was very 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 traumatizing. Um, they got to get these the, the sitting the, the seat chart situated because I don't understand how we purchase tickets together but we get separated. You know, the enemy always tries. But yeah, that that was just like <laughs> that 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 was just blow mine. Like what do you like what do we do? And and he knew as soon as he because as soon you know how like some and I don't may, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. But like I can tell like the sound of a cough when somebody doesn't cover their mouth. I can like <laughs> tell like sometimes you know how like your body does something and maybe because I just be paying too much attention because I'm anticipating people not covering their mouth but sometimes like your body does a little motion as like leading up to your cough so I kind of sensed that he was about to cough so already I was kind of like looking at him at the corner of my eye and the way I looked at him when he did like he put that mask back on so quick and I was just like we Somebody going to have to move because we cannot. How many more coughs do we have until we get to where we're going? No. They're going to have to figure this out. They're going to have to figure this out. There's too many traumatizing things going. Now you got people getting high on the plane and all that. We can't get past the cough and the sneezes. How, how can we afford <laughs> to get high and drunk? And when we're sober, we don't know how to cover our mouth. No. Mm. Oh goodness gracious! Uh, I'm so sorry that you had that experience. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my goodness! Thank you. <laughs> As always, the deep time truth comes through. Thank you so very much for your contribution into today's conversation. We pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Well, you well. Well. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Well, that was a nice, enjoyable conversation today. Well, we're at the point where we have no specific prey for them, but we've talked long enough to have something to pray for and about. Let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you and we enter your courts. 
with thanksgiving and we enter your courts with praise as we have been so bountifully blessed to be able to talk, converse, share this morning and not be in some situation where we could not wake up in a good frame of mind. So we thank you. Thank you for knocking on our door this morning, setting that alarm, and inviting us into a brand new day with brand new mercies. And we give you the glory and the honor, God, as we are able to talk about these stories, and we are not the story. Lord, we lift up the 95-year-old gentleman and the other residents in this nursing home, dear God, who are potentially homeless. Well, they may not have been truly comfortable where they were, but they were settled, possibly, only to have to give up their home for others. And at this point, we can't even say others who needed it more than they did because a specific individual is 95 years old. And to offer him a level of distress at this point in his life is is a lot. So we ask you, God, to just care for him in a special way. The article says that there's a daughter we pray to Heavenly Father that the relationship is a good one, one where she would do whatever she needed to do to accommodate his last days. And we're so sorry that he has gone through so much trauma, but we know that you can turn this around for him. And even the the latter days of his life can be better than the former days. So we want to say thank you. Thank you in advance for just helping him land on his feet. Lord, we're talking about this pilot who didn't have a concern for the safety of his passengers, crew members, himself, any other plane that could have been in the air, any place where the plane may have crashed and landed. Uh, he may not be flying any more planes, God, but he still needs you. He needs you to help him with any careless, reckless living, any drug use, any alcoholism. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to help to redirect his life. And maybe now he can get a better life, and now he can put his life to better use. We're thanking you for the individual who flagged him and sounded the alarm. Thank you so much that there was some inclination to even type it out because that benefited the situation. We're saying thank you, dear God. Thank you so much. We pray for the little girl, God, who had the incident with the gun. We thank you, God, for sparing her life. Thank you, God, that no one else was injured during the incident. 
We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to heal her. Even though it's just a finger down, we're asking you to just heal her body, heal her memory. Thank you for being with her when she wasn't even in a different position when the gun went off. And we pray, God, that the owner of the gun and the carelessness that he rendered, that he would now think soberly on the things that he does, on the decisions that he makes. We're coming before you, dear Heavenly Father, with your children who know the power of prayer, your children who know how you have brought us out and brought us through. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the D-Time crew who each and every day tell the story of your goodness, Help others to understand who you are and what you have to offer us. Help to guide and reroute behavior, words, or thinking. We thank you, God, for choosing us. Thank you, God, for using us. Thank you, God, for giving us purpose. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to continue to touch these lives that you're using that they would want to strive more and more, that we would want to strive more and more to be closer to you so that we can be used accordingly. We thank you for even bringing these new stories past our doorstep so that we can lift this up to you because others are just talking. But we're sending you for these lives and these situations, God. And we know that your great work can be done, so you have a plan. Thank you. Thank you for the things that you've done for us and, and the times when it should have been us. But we were not the news. Thank you. We love you, God. And we glorify your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We talk about the dangers seen and unseen all the time. The times when God has spared our lives, just the other day we were talking about just the food we eat and, and how, you know, the woman died from eating the undercooked shellfish. And how many times he's covered us from, you know, dying or being ill from the things that we've eaten. And you think about the goodness of God. You think about how you should have been homeless. You have a man who's in a nursing home and now he has to look for a place to live. And he has done nothing. You think about the times when you know, I've known people to play with rent money. I've known people to travel with their rent money. And they say, you know, I'll think about it. You know, when I get back, you know, times when you've been real careless and reckless and not a good steward over your money. But he kept that roof over your head. And it's like, wow, look at God. Look at how God has blessed me. 
look at how God has taken care of me. And I've never been reckless with my mortgage money or my rent money. I just, I just can't. I, I just can't sleep like that. I don't know how people do it. You know, I can't imagine going away and saying, I'll think about it when I get back. How could I even enjoy myself? But there are people that do it all the time. And here you have a man who has gone through life and, again, just kind of settled. And here he gets uprooted. You know, how many times have we been careless with something else? And yet God has, he's covered us. He's covered us big time. Do we ever really sit and think about how God has blessed us? How God has just brought us through and we have been so unworthy. We couldn't even figure out why God has decided to do with us and handle us in a certain manner. And yet, he just picks us up. Even when we've gotten ourselves into that, you know, situation. It's because of me that I'm, I'm here. But yet God has seen us through. How many times you've had reckless sex, unprotected sex, and walk away with just a baby or the headache of still being with that individual, but not anything worse than that. And sometimes the headaches seem like, oh, Lord, I can't take it. But when you think of the grand, in the grand scheme of things, you think of what you really could have walked off with. When you, you know, have been in a situation and then you hear that another person has been in a situation and it was worse for them. You're like, whoa, I had some interaction with that person. I'm talking about anything. I'm not talking about in a relationship necessarily. But you had some experience with someone, and, you know, then later on you realize that it could have been you. You had an experience with that same individual, but God spared you. So many times we can think about how it could have been me. Could have been me. Man, oh, man, it could have been me. But God said, not you, not today. Thank you. How do we say thank you? We can't say thank you properly by just getting up and saying, you know, well, thank you for the day, dear Lord, and you just keep on going about your business. We can't say thank you by, you know, just waving our hand. We can't say thank you properly by just going to service every once in a while, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day. We can't say thank you properly when we do not give our entire life to the Lord. We can't say thank you properly when we pick and choose when to live right, when to do right, when to be respectful. We can't give God thanks properly when we don't do what he says. The word of God says that Jesus says, if you love me, Keep my commandment. We can't dismiss the commandments that say we love the Lord. How many people are welcome? You know, you can't tell them that they don't love the Lord. You can't tell them 
that they're not living right. You can't tell them they don't have a relationship with the Lord. And they don't even pay God any attention. And, you know, somebody might say, well, you know, stuff that's relative. You know, what you deem is not paying attention to God. Someone else, you know, may think otherwise. Well, listen, here's what I'm glad about. I'm glad that we got an entire book that we can gauge our life again. You know, the Word of God says that it's, that it's given for reproof and correction. So what else can we do but compare our life to what the Bible says that we should be doing? So if you can't pick and choose what you want to follow in the word of God and think that you're pleasing God. Plain simple as that. Plain simple as that. Then there are a million and more ways to serve the Lord correctly. Correctly. You know, the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees thought that they had the way. But Jesus came to show, no, there's a way you should do this. And, you know, God is expanding what we do each and every day. You're finding another way. He's giving you another way to show love. Certain ways we think you show love. He's giving you some other way to show love, to, to, to love your, you know, your brother, your fellow man. That's the kind of God that loves us. Never dies. He's always there. Well, we have to do the same thing. We have to do the same thing. We talk about these new stories all the time, and it is amazing how it's not us. But only by the grace of God, though, we are not. So we are doing the talking and we're not being talked about. Thank you. I'm still thank you to God. Because I know I could have been in the grave a long time ago for things that I know and for things that I don't know. How many times has he protected me? I can never say. But I do know that I'm going to spend the rest of my life serving God to the utmost to ensure that I'm making him happy and he's well pleased with my life. I encourage you to do the same. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Self signing off, and I want to thank my D-Time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity right now to give your life to the Lord. Please do not miss this opportunity right now to strengthen that relationship with the Lord because later isn't promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God says, where it's Freestyle Friday. Until then, I love you.